are you, man? It's good to talk to you. I'm good, good. I, uh, you know, it's been a crazy day. I don't know if you could say the same for you. Been uh, getting caught up in the news and you know, I got to distance myself from it because uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> you blink and uh, <laughs> something else will, uh, you know, happen, right? Have you been keeping track of the news? What's going on? Uh, yeah, I go through phases, man. You know, I, <laughs> I like get really into it and then I like <laughs> get really afraid. So I <laughs> stop for a bit. Yeah, you know? of course. With the uh, with that whole thing, I don't want to get too much into politics, but with that riot, uh, you know, I was telling my family, you know, I had the news on usually in the afternoon, and it started off as like you know a protest. I guess a lot of people saw it as that, and then you go on later on in the day, and you hear they're storming uh, the Capitol, and you're like, what? What's going on? So, the blink of an eye, anything can change, man. Yeah, dude, it's crazy it's times, crazy. as you always told me, right? It's crazy times, man. Absolutely. Yeah, man. But uh, yeah, so anyway, um, it's been an interesting last year. It's been an interesting uh, start of this year. Um, we're both into film. We're both filmmakers, right? Absolutely. And uh, I always wanted to know like your start, like how you got into the, the business, how you got into this sort of passion, like what made you pursue it? Um, yeah, I mean, so I guess um, I got into the business. Um, well, I sort of started getting interested in film uh, sort of in high school, mid high school. Um, I was a musician for a long time and that was a big passion for me. Um, and, uh, I guess the music thing just, uh, you know, After started to fizzle yeah. out. Yeah, it was, it was great, you know, and I, I love music and I, I love sort of, um, photography. I love like all those different things and sort of film was sort of the culmination of, you know, all the different art forms. Right. So I love the idea that you could sort of pair music and you could pair like sort of photography and videography together and, you know, and writing. And it's sort of the, the ultimate art form, in my opinion, because, yeah. you know, you need all the different elements of, of art to sort of um, bring it to life. Right. The music synchronizes with the story and just elevates it to a different uh, level. And there's so many, um, you know, moments in cinematic history where the director has said the score saved the movie. And the first thing I think of is Star Wars. Um, you know, I'm doing that marathon I was telling you about. We were discussing right. with these phone calls. And, you know, it's the one thing that doesn't disappoint. You know, everybody talks crap about, uh, you know, how the movies are set up or maybe they're poorly written, whether it's the prequel trilogy, sequel trilogy, what have you. But I've never heard one person just trash the score. Like that score is, impe score is impeccable, right? It's the best. And it's so iconic. And, you know, it's always sort of, you know, will be recognized like with that movie, right? It, it immediately brings those images into your head, right? Of course. Do you, uh, are you, do you prefer like classical music or are you more like you prefer your movie to have like a soundtrack to them, Baby Driver kind of style? Uh, no, I much prefer sort of like a sound or sorry, like a classical sort of like composed uh, right, or right. like orchestral score, yeah. Like each piece of score was made by the same composer. So it's compliment, it's like belongs to the same family, like composed, yeah. Yeah, and I'm fascinated by sort of the different things you can do with the movie score, you know, like with character as well, you know, like different sort of thematics for characters and, you know, right. how that sort of ties into the bigger plot. And I just think you can really tie it together beautifully with the score at the end, you know? Yeah, man. Uh, is there any uh, movies at the top of your head that you can think of that the score just took you out of it? I'm trying to think for myself. Took me out of it? Yeah, yeah. Are there any ones that like on your list? Because... Again, man, like, I always remember when I, you know, would take these classes. Um, so I mentioned this a lot. I've taken the classes at Rain Dance and Toronto, and um, it's really helped uh, 
you know, get a better grasp on like film knowledge and what makes a great film and things like that. But I always remember them saying, you know, number one, uh, most important thing is a story. But number two, if you don't have a story and you don't, have, um, number two is sound. If you don't, if you have a story, that's one thing, but if you don't have sound, everything can go to waste. And I kind of pair the two. It's interesting you talk about music is because music aside, even just basic sound can take someone out of a film. You know, if it does, doesn't, the audio doesn't align. I've been in movie, movies where, uh, whether it's streaming or, you know, whatever have you, where the person I'm watching it with, it, like, can't get into it because the, the words aren't lining up with, uh, you know, with, with the dialogue is going on, like the ADR um, right. was probably not matched properly, right, in editing. So it's just amazing to me that those, you know, little pieces are so critical you know, to making a great film. Uh, do those things kind of annoy you, like bother you when you're watching a film or do you kind of not notice it? Yeah, I mean, audio is so essential. You know, it's something that everyone sort of, I don't know, it's easy to look like look over audio. Even I sort of have like made that mistake before, you know? Nice. But at the end of the day, you know, like, I don't know, a movie made on an iPhone with like great audio is probably more, wa- like you better odds watching that movie than watching a you know, a movie shot on an Alexa, but with like horrific audio where you can barely sort of comprehend anything, you know? Mm-hmm. No, the film, I'm thinking of the film Tangerine, like perfect example, shot on an iPhone, right? Um, was it, did it win anything at the Academy Awards? I know it got nominated. But I'm not fact, sure. I don't think so. No, but the fact that it got recognized, um, I know it made it far and it was, it was boasted on the idea that you could do anything with an iPhone now. Um, it's a whole movie studio. And that's one of the things I learned myself when I took a filmmaking class at Rain Dance Toronto. It um, made me realize the possibilities, but also made me realize, you know, stop making excuses. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like anything, if yeah. you have to tell a story, um, I remember reading uh, James Cameron's quote. It's like, if you can pick up, if you pick up a camera, you start shooting, you're a director, right? And it's like that notion of you got to start somewhere, right? So, and the interesting thing about you, Eric, is, you know, you, um, when we first met, which gives some context, we met at a networking event for Rain Dance, um, right? It was under in promotion for TIFF or sponsored by TIFF, something to that effect. Can't really remember. And um, yeah, it was at TIFF 2019, I think. 2019, yeah, not so long ago, but uh, been some time. And I remember them talking about. Um, oh no, you were mentioning to me that you were a producer, right? That's how you kind of introduce yourself. You're a producer. And then I find as we, you know, connected more that you're also an actor and, you know, you, you have some pretty, pretty interesting roles. So I wanted to get to know, like, how did you get into the whole, like what made you pursue producing as opposed to any other position, you know, like director, writer, why, why producing? Why do you feel? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great question. I'm yeah. I, I love producing. Um, I love directing and I love acting and I love, you know, all those things, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm very fussy about directing and, and um, it, acting becomes tedious for me. Um, and so it takes me a long time to sort of collect my thoughts on those things and, and approach something new with them. Right. Um, and I love producing because it allows me the opportunity to sort of work with new and interesting, you know, collaborators in between those sort of downtimes when I'm, you know, trying to figure out what my next thing is to, you know, direct right and so i'm like i'm interested in the film industry because of the collaboration you know you know all the unique people you can meet and collaborate Mm -hmm. with so 
Same. I love producing because it like allows me the opportunity to step into somebody else's world for a little bit with their film. Right. You know, and, and um, help bring that to life and, you know, really be a part of the process and, you know, logistically try and figure out how to pull these things off in a sort of like a business sense. I love the film business, the, like the business element of it as of well. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. There's a business with filmmaking. There's always, people always have told me um, there's an art element and there's a business element. And there's a lot of people um, that I collaborate with that are more lean more towards the business side. And right. um, they enjoy that, that part about like, you know, managing finances, but also how we're going to market this. Um, so I always joke around, like I'm more the storyteller, I'm more the creative, creative guy. And they're more right. the, the finance guy, but um, I definitely um, have, you know, cross paths um, and gone more towards um, the business aspect, uh, realizing that the importance of it, you know, that, that's why I started 94 Productions. Uh, you have your own production company, right? Eric Tomji Productions, right? Yeah, ET Productions. ET um, Productions, there you go. Absolutely. So, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting uh, journey. It's an interesting field. I was just thinking today, like, you know, with everything going on with COVID and how it's impacted the industry. Um, have you, we've had similar experiences. We've had these talks before about how, you know, it, it's in, put us in situations where we can squeeze in a project here, here or there, but it, for the most part, it's uh, limiting us um, creatively. But I was also thinking and feeling for people like yourself, like creatives, like how has, because today I had a moment where I was just like not motivated, not energized at all. Did you, do you feel those moments? Do you ever experience them? Then? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they're the worst, man. You know? How do you, how do you handle it? How do you, how do you, how do you get out of that rut sometimes? Like for anyone that's listening that might, I don't know, feel like, especially around this time, like there's no hope <laughs> or there's no way out of like getting out of their head. Yeah, man. I've, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy times, man. And all like a well, I'm putting a lot of, I'm putting a lot of pressure on Eric, but uh, no, man, it's it, absolutely, it, I mean, to get out, like for me personally, you know, those sort of those down times, I really just try and focus on, you know, like some form of progression, you know, for me recently, it's been like, you know, the gym, you know, I find like, or it's just putting one step forward or sending one email or something. I, I find I have right. to just, I actively take a step towards my goal. Even if the goal seems far away, mm -hmm. you know, when those sort of hard times, you know, whether or not it's like, you know, going and working out and finishing the workout and completing that and feeling like I'm at least getting some form of like moving forward because yeah. the worst feeling is feeling stuck. Right. Like, of course. Yeah. Doing something. That's what I always advocate. Like, especially with these corner talks um, that I started on YouTube. Right. Um, which you've encouraged me to do so. And it's been helping me creatively, like just getting, it's an outlet, right? Just getting myself out there, um, putting something out there instead of, you know, being, being in a rut or accepting that I'm stuck. Right. I, I saw you, your, I saw your art stuff the other day. Is that oh, something you. you do when you feel like, yes, that like, yeah, yeah, I'm continuing. I'm continuing actually, uh, tomorrow. Um, I try to do like an, an artwork or two a week. Um, right. and it's so therapeutic like i just get lost i listen to a podcast um i listen to motivational video music whatever have you and i just list i just get lost I, I sketch my favorite characters um as you probably noticed i talk about my childhood character characters nostalgic characters i'm not doing renaissance paintings or anything but <laughs> but these characters um they've uh you know inspired me when i was a child um at the moment when i was watching them you know 
my my favorite characters what i'm speaking of guys is you know pokemon digimon Yu-Gi-Oh, um star wars i'm doing star wars sketches and what it is is you know people might look at them and say or people that might not watch the show not maybe not might not understand the characters or why i'm drawing these characters but for me when i was six years old when i was seven i would watch these shows and i feel like they were just made much differently than they are today for kids they still at least tried they got i had this notion uh there was a story element there were some characters that you enjoyed and there were some arcs. Again, I watched them today. I, you know, brushed up on them because I'm curious how they, they've aged or how I, you know, if I see them the same way. Right. And uh, yeah, they have a lot of problems, um, especially Yu-Gi-Oh! Like things just don't add up and there's parts where it like, just makes me laugh. Right. But because I watched it at that age, it's, it's that nostalgic feeling. Like I just get a sense of, you know, uh, like that warm feeling and, um, you know, that's with anything, right? It's storytelling can be interpreted different ways. Um, it can affect people in different ways. Um, Star Wars episode three, right? We were talking about this the other day. I was talking about another friend on the podcast. You know, we see it very differently, right? But it helps when you saw it, how you felt about it. For me, I saw it when I was 10 years old, right? So it just hits a certain nerve. It, it stays with me when I watch this video, uh, when I watch that movie. Are there movies that you watch that, you know, are true to your heart or like close to your heart and people might not think anything of it or they, or you just kind of like on a different, I don't know. I'm just curious. Cause I mentioned, I, I should mention that Rocky, <laughs> my friends listening, uh, I never understood it. I never really cared for it when I was in my t- teenagers. I always thought they were cheesy movies and I watched it during the quarantine. <laughs> I was just like pumped. I'm like, it hits me different. It's, it's uh, you're 25 years old. Right. And the so, music, dude, and rock. And the, mu- hey, the, music, the music gets you pumped. The first one is the first one I could see why I got like best picture and stuff. Like that was that was a, that was a solid like underdog, you know what I mean? Like rising to become the champion. Like I felt that. There's a scene where he's just like punching the wall and he's just like, You don't think I have problems? You don't think my life is crap? Well, it is, whatever, right? And then I love the fact that he I fell in love with this character. Like he goes outside and after yelling at that trainer, Mickey, because he thinks basically like he's coming to him just because he's has a chance at, uh, you know, making it big. He goes back outside and he apologizes. And I, res- I, I relate to that so much because I've been in that so many situations where I always was the bigger person. Or I always felt like I had to be the bigger person and it always pays off or feels good at least to be the big, the good person, right? In those situations. So yeah, with those Rocky movies, um, they, 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 they hit me differently obviously they have their problems but like i take that with everything i I talked about this with a friend and i'm sure you can agree with films is you got to take it for what it is right if you're going into an adam sandler movie that's uh trying to get a best picture nominee i understand people getting pissed off tearing their hair out but if it's an adam sandler movie on netflix just watch it have a good time and watch it laugh and then you shut it up you know people going crazy uh saying it's stupid it's this low iq it's for people with low iq it's just gotta have fun because not all movies are, are supposed to stimulate you, right? They're supposed to like engage your mind. Sometimes you just want to turn off your brain and have a good time. Absolutely. Do you, uh, are there any particular movies that like, I call them, let's say they're called uh, guilty pleasures. Are there any movies uh, that you can list that are guilty pleasures that? Uh, you might- yeah, I mean, I have a knack for some like comedy movies. Okay. You know? Like you'll catch me on a on a weird day watching a dumb and dumber or something like that hey, and okay dumb and dumber jim carrey gotta love him. just totally like just yeah it's like it's a yeah. time it's a time it's but, yeah part. stuff 
Go ahead. Sorry? Go ahead. No, 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 I was just going to mention, just... mention your favorite part where they dress. My favorite part is when they're in the uh, the suits, the blue and the orange, and they just start whacking <laughs> each other with the sticks. With the sticks, <laughs> yeah. That's like they're trying to go in, and he gets like jealous, and he just like walk. He winds up. Yeah, walks. yeah. He's walks away, and then he comes in for the, the <laughs> swing, yells, right? Like, yeah. I don't know if he yells a swear word, and everyone just looks at him, and he's like, <laughs> he just gives him like the salute, like keep going, and then they kill the pigeon with the cork, and they with the cork, uh, yeah, open with the champagne. Yeah, that movie is a lot of slapstick, a lot of slapstick. Jeff Daniels, great actor, man, because he's done a lot of dramatic stuff after that. And They're uh, both great, man. They're, they're both great, but but the fact that like Jeff Daniels could pull off that comedic style or match it with Jim Carrey. I know in some interviews I was watching, um, he was kind of nervous about that. Um, right. Jim Carrey is just out there. Like, it's crazy, man. How do you match that? You know what I mean? Like, liar, liar, are you kidding me? Yeah. But he did. He did a solid job. And they complement each other too, right? Yeah, absolutely. He's got so much charisma, you know, Jim Carrey. It's hard to like. So much. And we're, because we're on the subject of like these these goofy comedy movies, like uh, Happy Gilmore, you know, is always a, a go-to, right? Or go-to for, uh, for Adam Sandler. And then I'm thinking of like a one that it's more recent, but it's been 10 years, uh, Get Him to the Greek with uh, Jim <laughs> Hill. I, right. I, I watch it. And again, like there's some parts that I just find like really funny or I just, I, I don't know why when I first watched, I was dying of laughter um, because maybe I didn't, I didn't know who Russell Brand was, or I just wasn't the, the fact that Jonah Hill played this straight character, even though he's right. usually the the one you laugh at. Right. And he was just getting into the most like awkward and gross situations. Um, but yeah, there's been some, there's been quite a, quite a bit of comedies that, um, that are just like fun to watch. They're just entertaining and you just turn your brain off. You have a good time. Uh, Taika Waititi, you know, he's a different kind of comedy where it's like actually has a heart to it, like a soul. It's not just turn off your brain um, where the wild things are. Remember That's I mentioned that one. to you, right? Yeah, great one, right? So I watched that on Netflix uh, in preparation. Uh, so Toronto International Film Festival, uh, for those of you that don't know, I volunteer. And uh, Eric knows my uh, situation where because of COVID, I wasn't able to volunteer this year <laughs> and I kind of miss it. Um, have you ever volunteered, by the way? Have you ever been part of the festival associated with it? No, no, I've never, uh, I've never volunteered uh, there. I should do that though. That's uh, yeah, no, I thought that I just throwing it out there, like especially when things get better, that'd be a lot of fun. Um, I think you, you'd enjoy it a lot. I, I personally enjoy the the event. When I started off, I used to be the uh, marketing distributor, which is basically a guy with pamphlets just throwing out, "Hey, uh, you come to TIFF. TIFF is more than a festival." TIFF is and I would, they put me on like Spadina Avenue. Right. But uh, the, the following year I got smart about it. And I'm like, okay, hey, I'm just going to go for the venues. Did you ever and, go uh, to like the sales market for films or like anything like that? Like, because like the TIFF is great because it's one of the big festivals. And at the mm -hmm, big festivals, they have this like the market, you know, where they, they buy and sell films and deals happen and things like that. You know, well, the films get packaged at TIFF, you know, you'll you'll hear, oh, there's a hot package with so-and-so attached with this mm -hmm. director and this script. And mm -hmm. I love that energy. It's always so, so vibrant. I've never, I've never, I've never been to one, but it sounds really exciting. But funny you mentioned that. I think I might've gotten an interview for a coordinator position um, in that festival where, cause sales you were saying, like where they package the film and like for distributors, I think it was for entertainment one. I didn't end up getting that position. I got a marketing coordinator position in a different department, but that sound sounds a lot more fun <laughs> being part of the action. Um, just seeing the process. I think a big thing for me is learning the process of filmmaking 
not only on the set, but just what goes on once it's done. Like, what do you take, what do you do with that film? Right. And I know you got some experience with that as well. Um, you know, being a producer, right. You probably had situations where you're, you're trying to figure out how, how are we making this, uh, how do we distribute it? I remember how we were having phone calls where you provided a lot of insight on, you know, the fact of if a short film, uh, what constitutes a short film and, you know, how much you should invest in a short film, both financially and, um, you know, mentally, <laughs> creatively. Yeah. And uh, you're explaining like, you know, you don't want it to be a certain, uh, past a certain limit. You have to consider, is, it, is this a pitch? Is this a pilot, right? And um, those conversations I, I really enjoy because I gained so much knowledge um, with filmmaking, right? You, you kind of see what avenue you can pursue with it. And um, yeah, man, it's, it's an interesting journey, um, but I'm glad that we're still, cause you, you, you've been working, you've slipped in some projects in 2020, right? That you've come back from, or you're just kind of waiting on post-production or what's going on? What can you tell us? Yeah, I mean, um, I sort of lucked out. I spent the first part of 2020 uh, not doing too much, just sort of in limbo with a lot of things, lots of wow. things ready to go, mm -hmm. but I wasn't really too interested in filming. Um, during COVID, um, but uh, I got attached to do a short film, um, which we shot in uh, November in Cambridge called Fire Escape, which uh, should be coming out sort of late spring, um, which I'm I'm very excited about. Looks really good. We're just sort of in the process, uh, second cut right now, just sort of working away to edit it. You know, mm -hmm. what's it about, by the way, Fire Escape? Can you give us like a brief synopsis? Yeah, it's, it's sort of the story of a, a jazz musician um, who meets a, who meets a girl on a fire escape. Oh, nice! And and it's sort of uh, it's sort of their story, and it's sort of a it's a throwback piece, you know. So, so it's like four by three, and la la yeah, and it's thing, like a little bit, <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Nice, it definitely nice. draws some inspiration from there. It's that's great, man. Cambridge is beautiful. It's old and sort of vintage in all the right ways. So. Well, I'm looking it, forward to it. Yeah. The authenticity. Right. And that's what we were talking about earlier is just not taking the viewer out. How do you draw them in and get the music element? Jazz is beautiful. Uh, speaking of jazz, I watched uh, this movie called soul on Disney plus. Did you check it out? I haven't checked that out, but oh, I'm, okay, okay. I'm a big jazz guy. So tell me about it. Um, yeah. So I don't want to spoil anything, uh, but there's nothing really to spoil. It's just uh, basically you know, kind of captures the spirit of dreamers and, you know, what they're kind of chasing. Um, what is the cost? You know, how far will they go? And again, it speaks to me. Um, it, it was like written for me. There was a lot of scenes where I wouldn't say I cried or I just felt them. I just got really, um, it, it choked up, you know, if it hit me in the right place. Cause it's like, these, these are characters, that's the power of filmmaking is, sometimes I guess you, you feel like it's written for you, even though it wasn't, but you can resonate and you can, you see a lot of scenes that um, just inspire you. I, I wish I could get more into it, but um, the overall message is very uplifting and uh, very motivational. It reminds you that uh, there's a bigger picture, you know, and um, I think we get lost and caught up in a lot of it. I was telling my friend today, I'm like, there for the longest time, I would tell people I'm aspiring to be a filmmaker and I've corrected myself in the last year or so where I've said I am a filmmaker because I am a filmmaker. I do everything what a filmmaker would constitute. I'm not making $200 million movies, but you know, I own a camera. I've 
you know, directed my first short film, scripted short film in the summer. I do editing, I do promo videos. How's that coming, dude? The the short film. The short film is is um, near post production. I think we're pretty much done. We're wrapping it up. We're just kind of figuring out distribution and um, the film festival circuit. Um, so I'm really excited, man. I just I was very grateful for the opportunity for the experience. It um, I'll discuss more when I can, like the details of it. But it was just an exciting venture, man. It it, it was. This is the first time when I say directed, the first time I directed a scripted um, film. My films before were very like abstract, experimental, like, you know, just required music. I required music to tell the story. And this is the first time I actually got to deal with actors, you know, and right. just, I saw myself in, in that light and the encouragement of my crew and the people around me, uh, my colleagues made me realize, you know, this is for me, like I can be a director obviously there's still practice still improvement but the fact that i had that natural ability to just like talk to the actors nicely like human beings right um people forget that sometimes they just get right into it um i was watching uh funny enough the uh, empire of dreams the george lucas documentary dude that's right? a great movie great doc great so good and, and you were and you you recommended it to me so i i checked it on disney plus and i have to um finish it off actually but I watched it years ago when I first got that special edition um, right. Star Wars DVD back 2004. But again, I was a kid, so you got to always refresh it and see if you take take the same um, take it in the same way. And again, as as a filmmaker, as someone that is in the industry more than I was when I was 10, um, I can actually understand what they're talking about. But I can also understand why um, the act why they were struggling in the beginning, right? Like for the simplest things, you know, George Lucas, creative genius, did well. You know, executed it beautifully. However, he struggled with dealing with the actors, right? Harrison Ford would say he just wanted him to say that, like just say it like that, just say it like that. And you have to get them to that place. You have to get a performance out of them. And as an actor, you should know, right? Is the director needs to communicate that with you or give you at least a few tries um, to get that that right performance, right? It's kind of like the patience. So that documentary. Um, huge Star Wars guy. And it was very inspiring just to hear how we made it happen. Really badass, in my opinion. I know it's like tailored around like, or people associate like George Lucas and Star Wars with geekiness. But I, I just, I love the, the fact that he's kind of a savage. Like he, he basically uh, didn't, wasn't getting uh, the, the projects he wanted to pick uh, when he was pitching Star Wars. It wasn't, uh, they didn't really see eye to eye or he really, really wasn't like, he didn't like the studio system. So he created his own um, division or his own company, right? Lucasfilm. And he kind of just created an ILM because the visual effects in the, at the time, like the company, the studios that offered it, like the divisions were shit. Um, the funny thing about like that, the whole George Lucas thing with that whole thing, yeah. right? Is he's like such a maverick, right? And he was, he was trying so, he was such a rebel and he was trying so hard to fight against the studio system but his movie, Star Wars, is the thing that rejuvenated the studio system movies. Yeah. So it's sort of like this weird, like, <laughs> it's like that, it's no, a bit ironic, you know? It, it, honestly, it's exactly, uh, he became the very Sith you seek to destroy as, as they taken from Star Wars. Um, 
and it's scary, right? In a, in a way, because you see like the prequel trilogy, right? And I know it's his vision. I know that's what he wanted to do. He even said it like they are two hundred million dollar independent films. That's how he describes them because he funded yeah. his he he that's his own money that he put into it. Twentieth Century Fox just distributed it. But um, to see how much they became almost um, like it was part of a machine or part of a committee, like a corporation, and we saw for sure with Disney. I don't even want to go there that feels like at least at least with the prequels like that's why i think i give him more credit and more slack because i i see that he's trying like it, it's a, it's someone behind the camera like it's it's trying to execute a vision but maybe rough around the edges disney on the other hand you know after force awakens see force awakens got me pumped up i was ready to go i thought they were really going to take the story in a unique place right I, the possibilities were there you never know right yeah and the next two, the, the following two films, Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker, you just realize, wow, this is like a company. Like this is like, they probably went through, I don't know how many scripts, I don't know how many writers were probably on standby. Like, it's just, and again, you and I both know with filmmaking, you can't do that. It has to be a vision, one vision, right? In collaboration with everybody else, right? The biggest thing I noticed with those, the most recent three Star Wars films is that it just didn't seem like they're, they'd mapped it out before before they like I find it's like with all filmmaking it's in my opinion it's it's so important to to know what you're doing before you do it right so Mm -hmm. like you know I know you were speaking a lot about like the festivals and and distributing and doing stuff like that and it's really important in my opinion to try and like figure that out before you make the movie like you want to know where your movie's going to fit, where it's going to go before yeah. you make it as much as possible. So when you do make it, that's not a problem later. And you can also make sure that what you're making is something, you know, that's, that's really sort of going to have a home. Right. No, and I, I think I, like, yeah, sorry, go ahead. no, no, I was just going to finish what you're saying. I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. Yeah. And I think like it, it comes down to like, obviously you want to start with the script at the beginning and be really clear on the script. And I think ultimately that those three Star Wars movies, in my opinion, they just, it didn't seem like there was they they sat down at the start of the process and even mapped out where it was going to go to the end like it seemed like each film was sort of like a crazy different yeah. direction where none of them sort there. of yeah yeah right and uh no but exactly to that point is you know with the what people f- fail to realize is when whether they shit on the prequel trilogy or the sequel trilogy george lucas had those films planned out in his head that's why there's some sort of cohesion Again, you you uh, put it nicely where you're like, they're not um, written the best, but the story is there. You know, it's just not executed properly. And it, it's right. If you look at it, right, forget the script, but if you just look at it from a story element, you could see like why people gravitate, why, why there's like, it's a beautiful story, right? Or why I, I'm intrigued by it. But with the sequel trilogy, like you said, they literally was expected the director to come on board to create the story or continue it and what they like i'm really amazed that with these big companies with all the money invested they don't at least do an outline like how things will pay off or a second act and like what baffled me the most though the thing is is people will talk uh talk shit about you know the last jedi that luke skywalker you know he was not the same character that i last saw him and you know, Daisy Ridley's and Mary Sue, that stuff didn't bother me, like, as much as, again, back to basics of simple storytelling. 
like nothing had consequences. There was no stakes. And in the end, the characters were the same when they left off. Right. That's a great point about that movie. Absolutely. So, so for me, man, it's like, I'm, I'm not that kind of guy like, Oh, like they ruined the lightsaber is technically supposed to be green when he's at the end battle. Like I'm not, I don't care about those semantics. I care about what, where are the characters going? Like what's happening? A big example for me, man, is I know the internet agrees with this. When Finn was about to commit, you know, uh, sacrifice himself, right, for the resistance, right. that would have added so much weight to the character and made him so much memorable, more memorable than what we got. You know, Rose, you know, knocking his ship and, you know, giving that pathetic kiss. Like, I just, again, story's a big thing for me. Once you get the story down, next you got to worry about the sound, but, you know, they got the sound there. <laughs> at least, you know what I mean? You could, you could still watch the movie, but they, they were missing the story, bro. That was the most important thing for me, man. And uh, yeah, you've, you've told me, man, you've gotten scripts. You've gotten, you know, as a producer where it's like, you can't even look at them. You don't even know where to start. That's getting into dangerous territory. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know what, I don't know what to say. Uh, no, no. I, I've, I'm just saying in, in general, like we've all come across like good and bad everywhere um you know my writing is not the best either i've been told many times uh revise revision you know go back to it but there's no excuse for those kinds of films you know what i mean like i i just feel like there's a lot of people that needed to check them out and needed to see you know what the ultimate plan was so that's my little rant about star wars <laughs> i have them from time to time because i just can't believe what happened what i witnessed you know yeah it's crazy dude i i'm in agreement with you on star wars <laughs> yeah i gotta throw it out there man i'm loving the cut for those of you watching the youtube video you'll see what it oh, like geez. you're fr you got a fresh cut mine's like hidden in the hat right now oh yeah it's kind of chilly in the house but i kind of like like to wear the hat i gotta shave you look good dude. thanks buddy i appreciate it appreciate it it's uh <laughs> we we uh we would joke around when we first connected uh what was it back in september or we had like our quarantine looks we both had like long ass hair and like you know our, oh, right dude. do you remember that i remember i remember your, your hair was like in front you're just like brushing it back you're like i don't give a shit <laughs> i was looking a little bit horrific and like they're like we i had the great idea go. of being like i was like oh it's like i'm i'm gonna like make movies when this is over and um I'm probably never going to get a chance to grow my hair out or grow a huge beard. Exactly. And I'm not seeing anyone. So uh, like anyone like outside of my circle of family who's in the house. So I'm like, this is perfect. I'll, I'll look ridiculous. And then I like, I did it. And it was, <laughs> I like, I, I take a lot of phone meetings and I go for walks like around, oh, right, around right. the street okay, all nice. the time. And like, I'm always on the phone. Right. Cause like you can't do anything now, obviously. And like, I just remember seeing people, on the walks and i'd be like hey and they'd be like hey and it's the same people every day right and it just got to the point where i'd be like hey and they like wouldn't know who it was anymore i just looked too i just looked, you know yeah they <laughs> unrecognizable like, yeah like who are you i've i've uh, seen neighbor i was telling my sister I've, I've seen people walk on my streets ever since this pandemic started where i say wait that's our neighbor wait they live here wait how what who's this person <laughs> wait they had Imagine. a kid they had a kid what when did they have a kid <laughs> Yeah. um there's just so many people like you know everyone's just coming out because before everyone was you know in their own world doing their own things spread out now that everyone's home you kind of see more of your neighbors which is a good or bad thing depending on you know who you're talking to right and i'm sure there's Absolutely. people that don't want to see certain people out there but um yeah it's uh 
it's so interesting, man. Again, I, uh, I know people are probably over it and they're like, I'm tired of hearing about COVID, but it, it, it's a crazy time. And I didn't really predict this to happen and no one did that is, um, but yeah, these, I, was, I was thinking of something I forgot, but, uh, when you were mentioning about like, you know, having those phone call conversations and people not recognizing you. It's, well, uh, it's like they would start, they would recognize me at the beginning. But yeah, and yeah. as the beer got more ridiculous, I'd wave at them and they just look a bit scared and want to wave back, you know? I think everyone, every every guy listening to this, like they might've had a, they probably have gone through some quarantine beard, like some kind of like, it just got Moses style, you know? I only just cut it after the, the I made that movie, dude. Like, oh, right, right, right. Like when I went out and I did that film, there was all kinds of BTS and promotional stuff and they were taking photos the whole time. And I got a look at some of those photos of me on the set. And I was like, oh, dear. Things uh, got to change. Things <laughs> got to change. Things got to change. Something's got to happen. Because I- <laughs> what if, you should have kept it. What if you were recast as like the, the remake of like Ten Commandments? <laughs> well, it was kind of funny. I kid you not. This is, this is a yeah, great point. Yeah, yeah. There was like a point a couple months in where I was like messaging all my writer friends. I was like, do you have anything like the Revenant or anything where like a beard, like prisoner of war or something, <laughs> like anything. Yo, you could, it. yo, just throwing it out there. You could pull it off, man, because, uh, you know, I've uh, like, would you, would you describe yourself more of like a dramatic actor or a comedy? What do you prefer? Or do you, or do you, you don't care as long as you're working? Uh, I, I'm fussy, man. It's, oh, it's you are fussy. Oh, okay. It's yeah, all about I the story. Fussy. It's all about the story. Yeah, if I, I, it's more about if I feel like I can do something interesting with it. If I yeah. can't, then I feel like somebody else should do it and crush it, you know? But like, see, I love that, that you, you um, have done some acting roles. Like, I think that's for me um, something that I've been interested in, been intrigued by. Um, might just one day throw it out there, but uh, I'm still trying to master, learn the craft behind the scenes. Um, but, but, you know, the acting element. Tarantino said it, you know, Tarantino is my boy. Like he learned about filmmaking through his acting classes. And as much as you want to be an actor, he said, thank God I went to the acting classes because it's made me who I am today. Right. How to communicate with actors and you know, how, how the set functions and things like that. So yeah, man, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting dynamic, man, being on set. What do you miss uh, most about it, man? Just about like being on set. Yeah. Like the people or just, the free oh, food to be real the free right food now. right no yeah. i'm kidding no i know yeah, yeah. <laughs> if the craft services are good right oh yeah you're kidding me man that they have to be no I'm they have to be. I yeah. mean, <laughs> no the thing i miss the most is is like i want the idea of the, the sort of the unity of of all these people gathering together to complete one sort of unified vision you know and, mm-hmm. it, and it's i love like sort of working with people when there's like such a clear you know, this is what we have to do and we're all on board to do it, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, do you have any st- stories, like any, anything, any times I'm sure p- things have gone out of hand and, you know, th- things haven't worked out whatever on set, right? When craft uh, services, when craft services aren't delivered. <laughs> no craft services. That's a huge problem. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's all kinds of things that can go wrong, you know, whether or not it's like you miss your shooting days, like you miss your, you know, your, your day, you know, you don't make your day, you don't get enough shots. Right. Right. Yeah. That's the, behind. I experienced that in my, in the short film I was discussing earlier, my first one there, uh, reshoots, you know, like people throw that out there, but reshoots are necessary if, if needed to be done. I went back to the footage and I was like, we got to reshoot that the ending scene out of all scenes. It was the ending scene, like the climactic scene. 
yeah. because it was poorly lit. It was just dark. Um, we lost our natural light. And yeah, man, it's, um, you guys just bite the bullet. You know, if everyone's on the same team, if everyone like sees the same vision, you just gotta say, yeah, let's pack it up, let's do it. Um, and credit to the people I worked with that they made it possible to reshoot. So yeah, man, and funny enough with the craft, with the craft services, I just wanna mention uh, Spike Lee, like I, I do these master classes, right? And I did right. one with Spike Lee and he made me laugh, but he, he told it like deadpan, like straight. He was like, well, first thing you got to worry about when you're creating a set, because he was talking about like independent filmmakers, right? Like, how do you start? He's like, when you have a set, when you have a team, he's like, first thing you got to worry about is that they're fed. Because if they're not fed, they're not going to fucking work. It's true, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're it's not going to want to work, right? So it's it's 100% true. It sounds was, like the biggest joke ever, but it's literally the most. Some like, people and you'd used, be shocked how many people don't like, like, oh, they'll just bring food. I'm like, uh, since when? No, no, they're not even no. being paid, man. You gotta give them food. Like, come on. No, you know, no. I've been on, I've been, I've been lucky, fortunately, where I've been on set where, you know, they just order pizza. Like, let's go for the pizza, whatever. But uh, if that food, if you don't pay your crew, your actors, it's it's gonna, it, it's ludicrous. Like, it's suicide. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah especially if you're if you're not paying them you got to feed them yeah exactly if if you're not exactly very good point if you're not paying them that's for sure you better not even hesitate but even if you are i would still like food i just i'm speaking for someone that i get hangry i get uh get irritated on set you know (laughs) gotta have that energy bar in my back pocket (laughs) buddy buddy right i've seen some great craft setups and i've seen some rather horrific craft setups and Right. They're all interesting. They're all something. So Eric's not in Eric's not interested in the vegan crowd too. <laughs> Me? No, man. It's like, yeah. Just I only eat protein barbecue. every three hours. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm but it's either. shocking some of the dietary restrictions that you can get. Yeah, yeah. Them. Of course. Well, let's see what happens, man, with this uh COVID and craft services in general. Like I'm sure things will uh, inevitably things will be better, but um yeah i'm just curious like what, how it's going to be you know i mean just how things are going to be planned out how sets are going to be how people are yeah gonna man, i'm like right now dude right now they're doing like um like you have to have every meal packaged like individually oh, you know and yeah. like usually on film sets there's like craft and then there's catered meals right and craft is just like a big ass you know table full of like you know there's you know like a fruit bowl you know bread cereals like peanut butter like just the basics mm-hmm. to get by your granola bars like grab a granola bar do what you need to do i'd probably do that like granola bar yeah like something anything that's packaged or easy to munch on um that's open all day right you can just like if you're hungry go get something and get back exactly vibe right and then if you like if you do lunches i would advise you know you don't order like chinese and (laughs) things that you would have to like put onto your plate sandwiches wrap them up like everyone gets sandwich who ordered uh mortadello on the rye (laughs) yeah dude. dude speaking of sandwiches Oh before no, we go, here we before go. Before we go, before we, here go, we go. Before we I go. I had one the other day, dude. I had one the other day. We're gonna okay. plug them or what? Yeah, we're gonna plug them. All right. Number one, California sandwiches. California sandwiches. Me and Eric first started doing these talks, these uh catch-ups. He was rocking a California sandwich shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and but he was more amazed that I picked it up. <laughs> dude it's like a niche thing it's a it's a religion but it's it's you gotta be 
Yeah, wow. I I loved that shirt, bro. I was I think I was more amazed that like someone owned it because I was just remember I asked you I'm like how did you get it because I don't remember them selling it at the store, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> how did you get it? It was a gift you said. It was. Uh, yeah, I got it for my mom. Got it for me. That's crazy, man. I gotta I gotta look into that because uh, there's nothing like rocking your favorite sandwich shop. Yeah. Especially and it was faded. It was like vintage and stuff. Like right now, I'm Italian sandwich. I should point out, like, I'm just wearing, like, a typical, like, top. It says King Arthur when I back when I did promotions for Warner Brothers. Um, probably should have dressed right. up. Forgot my hoodie today, my 94 hoodie. But uh, that'll be another time. Um, but, yeah, th- that shirt, man, I love that it was faded. I love that it was rustic. Vintage. It was a vintage shirt. So you're going to have to show the audience when, whenever we do these again. Um, maybe next time. <laughs> what that shirt's all about <laughs> i i would love to dude you should have let me know beforehand next time i'll, I'll let you know sure. next time and what's the what's the other sandwich shop oh the yeah, one v- you vegan cena meats bro dude that, it's, did in you my, try it's in my notes on my phone oh, i haven't been here no. i'm really happy though you did try try out the um the maple location that that Vaughn area i was talking yeah. about yeah, yeah i'm yeah. really i'm really happy you checked it out because uh i thought you were gonna check it out like to be honest later like after the pandemic whatever like oh yeah I'll check That's it so out fun and you said no like i was in the area and i had to check it out and it was good it was good another one i would recommend is via okay. panini okay via, via panini yeah it's um same area okay. um same style of food like italian same style of food. exactly yeah. so it's only sandwiches but it's not more like it's uh the time we say casalinga like it's very homemade very right. um doesn't feel like it's you know what i mean master even california sandwiches i should say they're like homemade sandwiches but it's just so like there's like a nun in the back making them like a grandmother right and um i would recommend yeah the veal for that your goal your veal's goal too right for you when you go to california yeah, veal, veal, yeah, absolutely. yeah. don't yeah, mess around don't mess around yeah right you put any condiments are you what are you, are you even saying what are you even saying <laughs> i'm not making any sense bro I, um, are you a, are you a, do you put any condiments? You put like mushrooms and, or do you just keep I it? do the hot peppers. That's usually what I hot go with. Yeah. This guy, this guy's the best. All right. What, so is that what, you, what do you get? That's hundred percent. I put the hot peppers. Sometimes I put the mushrooms. Yeah. Um, I thought you were going to, I want to like, we're, we're those kind of guys where it's like, it's like, don't, don't mess with the veal. You know, people put like lettuce, tomato. It's like, no, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't yeah. mess with that. Put that shit on top. Put that on others, on another sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever tried those fries? Those fries are deadly. Fries From are deadly. California sandwiches. Yeah. It's fries Never. are deadly. Never? Really? Yeah. They're deadly though. Cause I know you're on a, like a regiment. Yeah. I could, I could do it to French fries. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. no. But, uh, but they're deadly. They're deadly. Like you take them and you're like, yeah, yeah, these, these are fried. You know, when you just take that bite and you're like, yeah, they fried me, you know? It tastes nice and like, crispy, big yeah. crunch. Yeah. But it's worth it, man. It's worth it. You got to live a little. You got to live a little. And um, yeah. How's the, uh, how is the, because uh, me and you, you know, same thing. When we connected, we were both talking about our own like little fitness path, trying to get back yeah, on track. How, how's it going for you, man? Yeah, man. It's, yeah. Um, it's, it's good. Some improvement. Yeah, I guess for the audience, um, mm-hmm. I shot a film, you know, summer 2019. Uh, I lost a bunch of weight, like, Nice. 35 pounds something like that and so the past 30 year and a half has been the journey of uh gaining that weight back and yeah. um, that's that's sort of what's been up right now you know so yeah nice. yeah for me i i uh told you i gained 20 pounds over the summer and then i had to lose it in the fall <laughs> so right. i I'm, I'm really really happy about that i check every morning to make sure that i'm not slipping 
Yeah. And uh, so far, so good. doing the fasting thing? I'm, I'm steady. Yeah, no, I still do the intermittent fasting, but I noticed, oh, yeah. I noticed um, my weight plateauing, which was a given. Okay. They warned me, right? They said after, you know, you even said it too. You said after a while, your body just gets used to it, right? What you're doing, what, how much you're eating and your exercises. So uh, I'm happy I lost about 20 pounds, about 172, 173. If I could lose more if I wanted to. I don't want to because I don't want to risk getting sick. And I think it's just a matter of building more muscle mass. So I still do my core exercises, but I'm waiting, or at least I'm hoping once, you know, the basement, my basement improves, I can get more equipment or at least the gym. I don't know what's going on there. I do miss the gym um, because it was just a way out. Sometimes I get out of the house, you know, just, you know what I mean? Right. You miss it too. The, the equipment. Yeah, you and I had the same problem with the canceling our good life. Oh yeah. Yeah. Life. That's right. Yeah. Let's, let's bring that up for the audience in case they're still trying to get their cancellation. Um, yeah. So me, so Eric and I, okay. Uh, Gotta love good life. Let's preface with that. Let's, <laughs> I love that's Eric's line. Gotta love them. But let's just talk. <laughs> let's just talk about their friends. Right? <laughs> but it's true. Yeah, gotta before love we, them. before we crush them here, let's at least before be we, like, for the record, before a pandemic, good life was a great, a good or great place, depending on who you are. But before we, yeah, before we crush them. Um, yeah, when this pandemic happened, um, when things started opening up, me and Eric and I both agreed, right? We just did not feel comfortable going there. I think it's the worst place, uh, no matter, unless it's herd immunity and everyone's fine and whatever. I still would not go back, period, because people are sweating left and right. And you know, droplets travel through the air. You don't want to get into it. There was a spin class. I don't know if you heard. Uh, 88 people. This was way back, but 88 people in one class got infected because one person really? had it. And it makes sense, right? That whole class breathing in all that vapor. So have you ever done a spin class? No, dude? but it looks a lot of fun, man. Dude, it it's fun, fun, but it is it's horrific. I went to a soul cycle class in Chicago one time and it would I was like my I went with my cousin she was like i gotta go to my fitness class and i was like oh, i do fitness i could come and she's like really you want to come and i was like yeah i mean of course dude and it was it was like an hour and a half it it was it was like but does the time I, I feel like the time would fly like do you feel the time dragging on because because you're like in a group you know what i mean like back to the collaboration like everyone's just it's, in the same mission yeah at the beginning you're like oh oh my goodness me but well, i guess once you sort of get through that threshold of you know like it's sort of like i guess a run you know once you sort of like get like past that initial break in your breath you know then you know it sort of becomes steady and things start to move you know quicker for you you know what i mean yeah so man. Uh, i i'm definitely gonna i you know again things get better i'll definitely check that out um because i love cardio cardio is my favorite form of exercise um more than weights i just love you no know, like the sweat you know just that getting your heart rate up your I, my brain I, my mind feels much more clear uh, seeing all those endorphins get the dopamine up right. <laughs> i was mentioning that in my uh my corner talks video coming up like morning routine right and that's one of them just get the heart rate going i don't care how you do it just get that heart rate going when you wake up because it just wakes you up gets you pumped for the day um uh you know stretching stretching is a great way uh, you know, to just loosen your, your joints, get your muscles flexed. Absolutely. So yeah, man, it's, uh, oh yeah. So back to the good life, just throw it before people, uh, we lose people on this yeah. the good life. We were trying to cancel it. And, uh, you know, I guess everyone's trying to pay their bills, trying to pay the mortgage. They did not want to let us go. And, um, we, I had to send in a request 
um, on on their pro on my profile. Then I had to call in. Then I had to send the email. Me too. And the best yeah. they could do is say, "Yeah, we hate to lose you, but keep in mind." <laughs> I swear they were because they're like, "Keep in mind that prices will go up when things settle down." Like <laughs> it was something stupid like that, and I was just like laughing, like, "Okay, no problem." I will pay the a hundred dollar yeah readmission but, fee but when you, COVID is over. Like, but let's but let let's let's be honest. I doubt it's going to be double the price if they want people back, and they got to make up for the money they lost in the last two it's, years. <laughs> like, so true, dude. So true. <laughs> like, hey, they probably will, but. Uh, I think the only thing that's keeping them around is like that is with the lockdown. Um, they, they got a lot of corporate deals, right? And they got a lot of uh, corporate investment. When you when I worked at Bell, um, huge discount, huge discount um, going with them. So they got a lot of uh, ball prices. But yeah, that was just a funny story, man. That was just a funny story. And we both had the same experience. And I remember even exactly having, the same I remember, problems. I, I remember even yeah. give you advice. You're like, yo, how did you get? How did you cancel? Because I'm trying at this moment, and I'm like. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what you do. <laughs> I couldn't even get a get get them on the phone. Like that's how desperate they were. Like they probably you had their to, manager. Probably, Don't pick to. up that phone. Don't pick up that phone. <laughs> um, it's sad, but it was necessary. Like I don't know why they thought people weren't gonna quit. Um, I got it. Like I called. Like I I eventually got through on the phone, and the guy was like, "Oh, do this, this, and this, and I'll email you next week." And he didn't email me. Yeah, he didn't. And, and then I called back, but I. But I called back in like a couple of weeks later and I was like, dude, this person didn't email me. And they were like, oh, that person just got fired. And I was like, great. They probably had too many tur- turnovers under their uh, under their name. I guess, <laughs> man. I guess that's what right? it was. Because if they friend. tell them all you have to do is click this button, they'll look at their sheet. Oh, look, Eric has yeah. 50 le- uh, you know, clients that left, <laughs> was responsible for 50 people leaving. Go on. Get them out of here. That's, yeah. Anyway, man, uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, talking to you. Always great caption up. Uh, plan to do more of these. You know, um, I find you a great uh, person that has a lot of knowledge of film and a lot of experience, and I love to learn more from you. And I hope I can share the same for you and the audience. And yeah, man, it's uh, if you have anything to say. Uh, yeah, man, thank you for having me. I think it's it's great yeah. that you're doing this. Um, looking forward to continuing. Uh, you know, to be a part of it in whatever way you need. And um, of course, yeah, it's Thank been you. a great conversation as always. Yeah. It's a great platform, man, uh, to share all ideas, to connect with other people that are creative. Um, because I know there's a lot more of us out there, a lot of filmmakers, a lot of people that are dying to tell their story, um, whether it's personal, whether it's creatively uh, through film. So I'm really happy to do this with you and I'm look forward, looking forward to more. All right. Thanks again. All right. Take care, man. Have a great night.